Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our new friend, Mada Sorcerer. We're here to break down Sacrimony issue one through five, a fantasy drama about love, life, and death, and everything in between. Welcome and to the no stream. particular order. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the stream. How are you doing this morning? I am alive and not on fire, so I'll call that a win. Yeah, yeah. Hey, anytime, uh, you know, there's not any fire in the immediate area, that is a, a good start. Um, but we do have some fire on the agenda, and that is this awesome book, Project We Love. Congratulations. Before we dive into that, though, uh, let's begin with the basics. Uh, give us a little bit about who you are and how you got into creating comics. Oh, man, that is... How do, how do I go into that? Well, basically, I was that cliche child of like, all right, well, I started making up stories and drawing since I could like formulate words and hold a pencil. I always knew that I wanted to do something storytelling related, but it like comics didn't really click right away for a very long time. So I just like had these stories that I was writing in my like, little black and white composition notebooks in like middle school. And I, you know, I wish I could really remember like what solidified me wanting to make comics because I actually I wasn't into comics for a while because it was mostly just like you know I hate to say it but just like guys in spandex punching each other and like that wasn't <laughs> super relevant to me so I, I think it was after I discovered more of like manga and like how diverse manga can be I was sort of picking up on like hey you know what like maybe I can do comics this is mm -hmm. really cool and then I came across Sandman, which was like, it blew my mind because I was like, wait, there's a Western comic that's not about like guys kicking each other. This is pretty cool. So I got lost in that and I was like, oh, the, you know, it, it's a cool idea. Like there's gods there and they're like being assholes to each other. And like, I'm like, I do that. I could make that into, I could make my stuff into a comic. <laughs> so yeah, I, it took me a long time to like solidify Sacrimony because it was something that I had in my head since like middle school. But then it's like, as I kind of, you know, grew up out of my edgy 90s phase, like the story changed and it kept changing and I didn't know what to do with it. And then I'd like put it aside for a while and then come back to it. And yeah, I mean, here I am. It's finally a thing. We're five issues in a project we love six times in a row, which is wow. unbelievable <laughs> and puts a lot of pressure on me for my seventh campaign. So uh, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. Like I started publishing Sacrimony as a webcomic in 2016, actually. So uh, October 31st of this year was the sixth year anniversary for Sacrimony being a webcomic. But like, it was kind of like a whole different beast then. The writing was rough, the art was really rough, and it didn't like, it didn't take off as much as I hoped because like, I still had a lot to learn at that point. So after doing almost 300 pages of the webcomic, I was like, you know what? I have to restart this. Like, Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard decision. <laughs> and like a lot of my comic creator friends and like regular friends are just like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do this? And they thought I was going to get caught in that cycle of like, you know, eternally rebooting my series and saying mm -hmm. like, this isn't good enough. But like in my heart of hearts, I knew that I had to just like, at least redo like the first chapter because like first impressions matter and it's like if someone picks up your book on a shelf in a store or whatever you can't be there to tell them like don't worry the art gets better better the writing gets better or whatever like they have to just get sucked into it right away mm -hmm. so i 
started redoing everything in like 2020. I launched on Kickstarter in March of 2021, and it's been a really amazing ride so far. Wow. So that's you put some work in uh, the yeah. last few few years. Uh, real quick, we have J. Michael Miller over on YouTube. Stop in and say, let's go. I love some sacrimony. Welcome Aww. to the stream, Jay. How are you He's doing this morning? I love yes, him. Yes, I love, I love him so much. We've had him. Such a good person. Yes, yes, we've had him on. Um, and um, man, that, that's that's one of my my boys right there, one of the OGs. So I appreciate you stopping in as always. So, three hundred pages. Uh, let me guess, you you did that first uh, re revision of the first chapter, and you're like, I got to do the rest. I can't just, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens because it's like there's there's a lot of things that I realize like, oh, I can add this into like the second chapter, and like you know, there are things that I would like to tidy up or explain better because I considered those like 300 pages to be like a beta test of sorts, I guess, mm -hmm. to see like you know what I needed to do, what I needed to learn because there's there was such a huge improvement in quality overall and like you know by that 300th page i'm like all right i know what i finally have to do like i found the right pacing now i have to go back and make everything match so uh throwing it back to uh to middle school high school when you were uh doing those uh the mini comics and and the things in the notebooks were those like the building blocks to sacrimony or were you doing other stories as well they were kind of the building blocks like i had characters and like the basic idea of characters but like everything was a lot different because I was like an edgy 12 year old so it's like oh this character is <laughs> like you know the devil that lives in hell and is like misunderstood <laughs> and whatever you know like typical 12 year old stuff but I think the core of the story always remained the same was that I always wanted to keep it a story that's sort of like grounded more in reality that revolves around like everyday life family friendships and stuff so you have this like grand fantasy setting with people who used to be gods who are kind of like thrust into the real world and now it's like oh well like this is peak capitalism I have to get a job <laughs> I have to like you know get food for my kid and stuff and it, it's it's always yeah it's just always that more human component than like you're getting a fantasy story about like oh the king is waging a war against another king and there's like chivalry and all that other things that like i i can't relate to that like i try to make things that have more of like an emotional impact on people as opposed to like and like oh that's cool impact uh, real quick, we have uh, Lee Newman over on YouTube stopping in. Uh, followed on all things and retweeted your Kickstarter pin. Lee, thank you for swinging uh -huh. in as well. Everyone that Yay. is watching, we're going to be diving into the Kickstarter. As always, you guys know the drill, though. Right here is the link. Be sure to check it out with us. If you're on Able to Back, simply putting that on Twitter and Facebook, you know, is 100% free. Word of mouth is 100% free. And it helps yes. get you know, this project out there as far as possible. So back to Sacrimony. Are you uh, the, the, the full creator, you know, the artist and the writer? Or, you know, what's the yep. creative team look like? I do the writing and the art, so it's like pencils, lettering, coloring, marketing. I did hire a flatter recently, which like actually helped a lot. So I'm not <laughs> in it like all by myself now. Can take a little bit of a you know a breather though. I I would imagine. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, I I what amazes me is that hiring a flatter, even though it's probably like an extra twenty to thirty minutes of work per page, it freed up so much mental space that I was able to be like that much more productive. Like suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm inking like ten pages a week and I'm like <laughs> rendering like four pages a day just because I don't have to think about flattering it flattering flatting anymore. So it's it's weird how much like when you have something that takes up space in your brain, it somehow mm -hmm. takes up like a lot more time in your life than it should. 
So, so it was pretty eye-opening. What does uh, what what does it look like compared to like the webcomic hustle? Because uh, to my understanding, like keeping up the buffer for that um, can be pretty mentally like exhausting. Like how how, how was it like? You know, being the solo person on the webcomic uh, compared to, you know, having a little bit of help uh, creating the comic. You know, I hate to say it, but like being a webcomic creator was kind of one of the most thankless jobs I ever did. Because it's, <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I was putting out two pages a week. And I mean, you've seen my art. It takes me anywhere between like, you know, seven to 15 or even more hours per page to do something. So, I mean, it's pretty much like a full time job. And then, like, people who read webcomics don't really have money to give to you to yeah. make this sustainable, which is the sad part. So it's like, okay, so I'm dedicating almost, like, 40 hours a week to this thing somehow between, like, the art, the marketing, posting things, whatever. And it's like, I'm making $30 a month on Patreon. <laughs> you know, it was it was demoralizing. And it's it's also a lot harder to build an audience on webcomics nowadays with like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the discourse around like Webtoon and how it mm -hmm. kind of completely destroyed the webcomic ecosystem and just made everything like soulless and terrible. So, yeah, like I, I got into webcomics around that time. So it, it already wasn't a great time. And then it's like building an audience for Sacrimony was like super hard. I actually had tried a Kickstarter for like the first chapter of the old version back in like 2017. And I think I had gotten only like 28 backers. Really? Uh, yeah, because that was just like off of straight up just trying to rely on a webcomic audience. And like, you know, most of those 28 people were like just just friends who were like, oh, hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to support you. And then when I tried to do like chapter two like those friends were like oh well i supported chapter one and i'm not super into this so <laughs> yeah, yeah we got was... you on the first one you, you got to get it on your own on the second one <laughs> yeah that's, that's always how it is it's like you know your first one does well because your your friends are all pitching in and then afterwards they're like we did our part you're on your own but mm -hmm. yeah that was super rough and it, i had like after that i i did the uh, the kickstarter for chapter two i think in like 2019 and after that i was like i need to reassess like what i'm doing with this comic and like like, how do I make it sustainable? And redoing the art and everything was clearly the key because, like, when I relaunched issue one, it was suddenly, I was, like, at 98 backers for issue one. And I was like, wow, this is a huge difference as opposed to, like, the 28 that I had gotten back in, like, 2017. So do you so, think it was mainly focused on the art or was there anything different you were doing maybe with, like, promoting it? I also, I think I just got to know more people. I did a lot of conventions in 2019. I think I did like 14 conventions that year, but I was mostly doing it as just like an artist doing fan art and not particularly mm -hmm. like doing the comic thing because people at conventions don't care about your original work. <laughs> it's it's sad to say, and I know people are like, oh, but you know, your art's good. People should love it. But it's like, if they don't know the characters, they don't care. So, you know, mm -hmm. if, if they have a choice between like, you know, Dragon Ball Z fan art and like Sacrimony, like 90% of the people there are going to go with like Dragon Ball Z or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah and I, I can't fault them. I get it. It's like they know it. They already love the series. Like mm -hmm. they're going to get the thing they know. But what I also did was I got people on my mailing list, which was a huge That's help. smart. Yeah, that is smart. Yeah. That, that So how would you do that? Where, where you like you draw them back? Hey. You know, here's my mailing list, or how'd you end up getting the signups? I just had like the 
a stupid ass little clipboard at the side of my table and it was like join my mailing list and I was surprised how many people were like hey yeah your art's cool I'll, I'll sign up for your mailing it's list. It's not stupid if it works holy crap that's that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't think it would because I, I had gotten advice from like friends uh actually uh my one of my high school friends uh, Camilla Zhang she used to be in the Kickstarter comics department and she had like given me advice like have have a mailing list have a clipboard I'm like who's gonna go for this so I just had it at the table and people were signing up and clearly it actually paid off which I still don't know how that worked no that is awesome so before we dive into the Kickstarter give us a little bit about what the creative process looks like for you when you're you're creating this comic you know um I know you already had uh you said 300 pages to work off of um, so yep. I, how, how did that look like, you know, when you went to go create, you know, panels and, and pages for a comic book? It's, it's kind of a weird process, I guess, but it's mostly because I'm doing everything myself. So I kind of have to get used to the way that I work, but I basically, I start off with the dialogue first. I don't do any scripts because ironically enough, like given my profession, I have no visual imagination. So I can't actually like imagine these scenes in my head. Cause you know, people will be like, oh, well I have this scene like th three quarter shot of this or whatever, like, and you know, they'll, they'll script it out and they'll know what they're talking about. But I can't do that because I can't really imagine what things look like. So I, I put the dialogue on the page. I kind of move it around to figure out like, you know, what, how to make a page encompass a certain amount of like dialogue and thoughts and whatever to make it, to make it interesting and also make each page like a complete conversation or thought. And then after that, I start kind of trying to draw around the dialogue and doing my thumbnails and stuff to plan out like, all right, well, like, what does this character actually need to look like when they're saying this? Mm -hmm. Which is always the hard part. Like the artist in me hates the writer in me, I gotta say. Uh, so yeah, after that, then it's, it's like, oh, well, now that I have the thumbnails, I have to like refine the dialogue, make it take up, you know, less room or whatever and shift it around. And after that, I do everything else. Like I do the proper pencils, inks, colors and stuff. And then I make yet another pass at the dialogue after that, just to make sure everything is right. And yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh yeah. It, it sounds like a process, but it. It's what works for me and it makes me like edit myself better because I'm mm -hmm. always I'm not thinking about like what I want to happen. I'm thinking more about like what the characters need, like what the story needs, what actually needs to be said as opposed to like, I think this would be cool and I'm going to put this here. So I, I think it's it's funny that you uh, say that's kind of how you work with the writing and how the artist and you hates the writer and you like I, I'm kind of the same way with like when it comes to content creation like an interview like I know it needs to get done because like I'm wasting your time if I don't show up you know if I don't show up to to the agreed upon time I'm wasting someone's time and to me that's unacceptable but like when it comes to like making content on the side I will sit at my computer. Uh, I'm suffering from paralysis analysis. I can't do anything. Doom scrolling. I'm like, dude, why am yep. I not? I can do this. I go Cody and I just can't. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. You're, it's like staring at like a blank page or a blank screen going like, do something. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have any idea how things are going to turn out until I start doing it. And I like, I realized that's why it took me so long to get to this comic in the first place was because I was like, I had convinced myself <laughs> that like, oh, well, I need to do like a proper script and then get it edited and whatever. And it's like, my brain just doesn't work that way. And now that I've <laughs> accepted it, like everything is awesome. 
No, that is that's is great to hear. So I think right now would be the perfect segue. Let's go ahead and hop over to Kickstarter and check out the Kickstarter for Sacrimony issue one through five. Yay. We are looking at Sacrimony issue one through five, a fantasy drama about life, love, excuse me, <laughs> love, life and death, but not necessarily in that order. So that was okay too. A single immigrant mom <laughs> struggles to live a normal life with her demon winged daughter who mysteriously rose from the dead. Currently at $3,320 of a $6,000 goal, 135 backers with 16 days left to go and project we love. So you said you've had that six times. Yep. Wow, that is so awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I mean, so what I, I, I always have to ask, like, what do you think is like leading to that? Like, um, like, what do you think you're doing in particular that is kind of helping you like get that? Or is it still a lot of people respond? They still have no idea how. So I, I get it. If that's too. I yeah, I have no idea. But I guess it's I mean, the, the way that they say they judge it is that if like a campaign like represents itself, like very clearly, like says like what it's going to do, what it's about, and has like good samples of the stuff there. I think that definitely helps. So I, I try to make my Kickstarter pages as detailed as possible. Like, you know, what's the comic about? Like, what am I about? Here's the pages, here's the rewards. And like, maybe that's that's what they used to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It seems a, a bit like strange and arbitrary, but I guess I've done something right six times in a row. So. Not going to question it. Yeah. And, you know, we've had uh, Oriana on, too. And I wanted to ask, but it's like, I don't want to ask that question to her because I feel like that would be like the question you don't ask. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a mystery. Like, it's I don't I don't know. Like, it's it's just mysterious. So let's go ahead and check out this video and then we'll scroll down and check out the rest of the campaign. OK. Oh, let's go. So uh, there are uh, what? 32, 33 pages. Uh, yeah, this current one is 32 pages. Uh, issue 1 and 2 is 30, and 3 and 4 is 31. Because I like to have things that are like a little bigger than 22 pages. I always feel like I'm left wanting more with 22 pages. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'll do 30. That's a, that's a good number. So give us a little bit about kind of like what has been happening in, in the universe of Sacramony without, you know, you don't have to spoil anything too much because there are some outstanding digital catch up tiers. We're going to be going through those as well. But um, for anyone who might be uh, watching uh, just a little bit um, deeper into uh, kind of the universe of Sacramony. Uh, well, the universe itself is completely made from scratch. I didn't want to like copy any sort of pre-existing thing because I, I feel like once you do that, people already start having like ideas of how things should be. If it's like, all right, well, there's elves and dwarves. And then people are like, oh, well, elves are supposed to be like this. Dwarves are supposed to be like that. Mm -hmm. And like, it's it's hard to change people's minds about those things in your own <laughs> story. Because then they're just like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're a fake fantasy fan or whatever. So I was like, I'm just going to make everything from scratch. I have like all of these custom races, custom locations, like a whole system of gods and different pantheons and stuff. And basically... Like, at, at the core of the story, it's that a girl dies, but then she gets better, and now she has, but, you know, there's a, a catch, because she has uh, magical powers, no memory of her past, and she has demon wings, and she has to, like, try to find where she fits into society, because, like, I, I try not to have a lot of pre-existing ideas about things, but I think... Like, if a reader jumps into this, they'll know that, like, having demon wings is going to be commonly seen as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, how does she navigate society with her mom, like, while having these demon demon wings? Like, what is her mom going to do to try to protect her? 
and it's just it's a lot a lot of the story is just about like people having opinions on other people because that's always been the core of the story since I started making it when I was 12 where it was like oh well you know if you look a certain way you're bad if you look a certain way you're good and then like me processing that as a child and seeing that like that's not true because I, I grew up with, uh, you know, my parents were immigrants. They came to America and they had like a lot of ideas about people who didn't look like us. And those ideas, like as I was going to public schools and stuff, like I was like, they're wrong. Like, you know, people that they said are going to be like dishonest or untrustworthy or whatever. Like these are some of my best friends. So I'm mm-hmm. I don't get what's going on here. So I think at the beginning of Sacrimony, it was like my way of processing those sort of ideas. So it still carries on in the story now where it's like, yeah, just people people talking shit about people and having certain ideas about like, you know, how people look and how that affects their opinions. I was going to say like, dang, retail really got to you. Like I could feel that <laughs> on a spiritual level, but um, I really do think it's interesting kind of how you like broke that cycle, right? Like the way your, your parents originally thought um people were going to be and then you finding out how different it was and now your opinion is like you know the next person you talk to and you go like to talk about these you know the people like your opinion is going to be way different right like so like effectively like breaking that cycle i I think that's awesome yeah (laughs) it's it's weird because especially as a kid when you're supposed to be like oh well you know grown-ups are always right right Mm -hmm. and then it's like no grown-ups aren't always right so that's also sort of a theme where like people who are in positions of authority don't necessarily know what they're talking about. And I mean, art imitates life. We can see that all around us where yeah. it's just like, like people, people who tell you what to do don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. Yeah. It, it, it gets so convoluted too. Cause like, maybe like they went through the same thing. They were like us at one point where they thought they were listening to someone who knew that what they were talking about. Like that change is like goes so far back. It's, I love seeing it like in comic form. Uh, give us a little bit about what we're looking at on the cover of issue five. Uh, my standard covers are actually my own sort of take on tarot cards. So it's like the standard covers for like, you know, issue one is like the ace of wands, uh, two is like two of wands or whatever. So this is the five of wands, which kind of represents inner conflict. So you can see it's it's the same character. It's the mm-hmm. mother character and she's she goes through a lot because she's kind of stuck raising this demon winged child that <laughs> like I, I she's such kind of like a controversial character actually because she's like we're used to seeing that like you know perfect mom on tv who like always has the answers or, and they're super loving or supportive and we're also used to seeing like the super abusive mom who's just outright mean but she's just more of like she doesn't want to deal with this like she her husband was like an abusive jerk and now she's like stuck raising their kid alone and the kid is like no longer the same kid that she used to know because now she has like demon wings and she's much more dangerous with magical powers and then it's mm-hmm. like you know how like as a mom who is now afraid of her kid like how do you deal with that like how do you tell her that like she can't do certain things or that like you know how do you explain to her that like someone's going to want to hurt you because of the way mm-hmm. that you look and yeah, there's there's a lot going on and people either, you know, they either get it or they hate her. I think actually like younger readers identify more with the kids. So they t- end up like hating Unica as a mom because they're like, wow, she's like an absolutely <laughs> terrible parent. 
But I think anybody over 30, after having a lot of responsibilities in their life, they kind of get it. They're like, yeah, she's not really doing her best, but like she's doing like the best that she can. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, um, it, it's 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 wild how like uh, experience changes perception, right? Like as a child, I would understand why someone, you know, would hate the, the mother. But as a father you know, who, who's experienced life, I would probably relate with the mother now. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's wild to think about how life just shapes that perception for you. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, I, I had noticed it since I started doing the webcomic and seeing, like, different people commenting on different situations, which I'm always here for. I, I love people, like, having discussions about my characters and, like, what they're doing. And it's just, like, I did notice that you know, people who are reading it in their early 20s or whatever, like have a completely different perception of, you know, the mother in particular mm -hmm. versus like people who are older and kind of get it. We have a uh, J. Michael Miller. I love the Terra cover so much. Are you are these going to be like, are you going to do cards eventually when you have more covers available? I would love to. I, I don't know when I'd be able to have a full set because there's a lot of tarot cards out there, but I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it. Like maybe by the time I'm like 78 and I get to the end of the series, we'll have a full set of tarot cards. <laughs> so how many issues are you looking at doing right now? You're at five. I know you said uh, you're, you're strapped in for the long run. So, I mean, are, are we looking at like a pretty long series? Yeah, we're looking at a really long series. It's probably going to be anywhere between like 50 to 70 issues, I think, because it, it takes me like... Like, I know where I want to go, but it's taking me a long time to get there, which I don't mind because I like, you know, making the journey worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I can't even fathom, like, how long it's going to take me to do all of those issues. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's a long story. It follows the characters around for, like, a long time. The main character, Kajad, who's, like, who starts off being 13, like, you get to watch her grow up and go through, like, growing up things that people face as they're growing up. Yeah. So... Yeah, like characters age here, which is always fun. It's really impressive that you came up with this concept like while you were still in school too. This seems like such a deep story and concept to be coming up with at that age. I'm I'm a people watcher, so I think that helps. Like I like to observe people and see what makes them tick. And like nowadays my hobbies are like psychology and sociology. I read a lot of psychology things, a lot of sociology things, and like it it always like blends into what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. so let's kind of go through some of these tiers once again everybody right here is the link be sure to check this out with us we have uh issue five digital pdf for five dollars an outstanding price you're also going to get a cool digital extra such as the audio uh, commentary and bonus artwork uh really cool uh for for the five dollar tier uh, at ten dollars you're gonna get the uh the five of wands cover so the physical copy um and you're gonna also get the uh the digital stuff too i think these tiers are really cool um, we were talking backstage about this so this right here is one of my favorites uh the 15 or more uh, issue one through five digital catch-up so um why was it so important for you to make this so cheap this seems like an outstanding price especially with all of these having like a decent amount of pages with it like this is probably over that's, 100 that's pages o it's a over 150 pages yeah that, that's impressive all right it's cheap because i want people to read it i think like sacrimony is super underrated because people they look at it and they have like certain ideas like oh it's gonna be like this boring medieval slog or whatever like you know they look at the art and they think that it's gonna be something a lot more serious than it actually is and it like the feedback i always get from people who have read it is that they're surprised at how like funny and down to earth it is and how much <laughs> they can actually relate to the characters 
So I want the barrier of entry to be low. I want people to read it and I want people to realize what it is like as opposed to what they think it is. Because it, it definitely is easy to look at like, you know, the Art Nouveau inspired art and be like, oh, well, you know, like this story thinks it's so important, doesn't it? It's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, like I live in the Bronx across the street from crackheads. There's, I'm not pretentious, I promise. <laughs> just, just read it. You'll understand it. So what, what did what did they have to say about Sacrimony? Have they read it yet? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just playing. So we have uh, twenty or more Sacrimony issue five, the Naughty Nun variant. Um, I love these variants too. Uh, this is so hilarious right here. So who is uh, who's the Naughty Nun? Uh, oh, he's actually like the uh, the pretty much the equivalent of the Pope in okay. the Sacramento verse, but he's a very unconventional Pope, as you can see. <laughs> Is that like what he actually wears, like in the book? Luckily not. Well, actually, no. Unluckily <laughs> not, I should say. But the the thing about the, the like weird campy variants is that mm -hmm. I tried to do something that's like that a. A character in the story could believably wear, so it's like once you get to meet this character, you'll understand like why you could probably see him dressed mm -hmm. as like this kind of nun. No, and you gotta have fun with it too, right? I, I love I love that character's design so much; it's hilarious. And I mean, it's it's also like I I'm so proud of the quality of the art on the cover too, like the mm -hmm. window in the back and all that stuff. Like it's it's such a good cover, guys. You should go for it. I actually posted on Twitter that like it gives me life every time somebody goes specifically <laughs> for that cover and like nothing else because it's like y'all know what you're here for. <laughs> so uh, we have at $23 another awesome tier two the Sacramony issue one through five physical book catch up. So all five physical books and PDFs for uh, 23 yep. bucks. Holy crap. And the audio commentary, which I got to say, like the audio commentary is super underrated. It there's so much like lore and history that's like packed into this comic that I don't get to say right away in comic. Mm -hmm. So it's like the audio com um, audio commentary is basically like 20 minutes or more per issue of me just going into like little backstories of like, oh, well, you know, here's some extra information about this kingdom or like these specific races. So if you're one of those people who like to do deep dives into like the behind the scenes lore and history, I highly recommend it. We also have uh, all three covers at $55. So if you're kind of uh, stuck on which cover you want to get, you can get all three of them. They're all yeah, beautiful. Uh, get them all. <laughs> at 65, one through five, all variant covers. So how many books is this? Holy crap. You have some outstanding prices. Oh, thanks. Yeah, the, the all variant covers is just like one through five, but you get like the sexy campy variants instead of like the standard covers. So, okay. you know, if you're into that stuff, like, yeah, why not? And then signed book plates too at eighty five. So we have some metal standard cover at one thirty five. Some outstanding prices. What would you say some of your favorites are? Uh, my favorites are. I mean, I'm I'm kind of biased. I like really shiny things, so I do like the metal covers. Mm hmm. And I, like, they're they're so cool. And then we also had the magnet set too. I think was uh twenty five. That was that seemed like a great price too. Yep, you get. Uh, you get five magnets and also like the standard cover for 25. Oh, that is awesome. So right there is the campaign. Uh, and down below, we had a little bit about the creative team too. So, um, hold on, let me scroll back down there. Oh, it's yeah, this, this the campaign looks awesome too. I really like how like constructed it is. Thank you. Oh, I guess I could have just scrolled down here. This had all the tiers right here. 
Yeah, I always forget that too. I I did another uh, show last week, and I was like scrolling through all of the text, and then halfway through, I'm like, wait, I have I, like I spent hours making all of these graphics. Why am I not showing those instead? I I love this too. Uh, the 250 sponsor page. So 100 <laughs> percent M M sorcerer sorcerers are not being paid a livable livable wage for making sacrimony. <laughs> well, that, that is awesome. So absolutely shocking. You can do something about it. So uh, pretty much they get to sponsor uh, one of the pages from the book? Yeah, they get to sponsor a page. They get a signed standard cover. They get thanks for sponsoring the page. And they also get a metal print of the page that they help bring to life. Oh, that's so cool. So it's like not only are you like helping me buy cat food, but you're also like, you know, you get a cool collector's item too. Mm-hmm. And then let's scroll up real quick. Oh, here are some of the interiors too. Yep. People are kind of surprised when, like, the interiors kind of match the quality of the covers. And I'm like, yeah, the same person did it. So you just, <laughs> it's what you're getting. I love this, too. The the co-sleeping. I used to do that all the time. And then my kids got too old to want to do it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh. Fine. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about you. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, Nikki as well. Uh, this is uh, your flatter. Yeah, so Nikki, I just met her through Twitter as like, she was a friend of a friend looking for flatting work. And I was like, you know what? I need a flatter. So I, I reached out to her and she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. I'm on board with it. And what what we kind of bonded through is that we're both migraine sufferers. So like, it's, it's definitely a bigger problem for her than it is for me because she gets them a lot more frequently. But it's like, to be able to like, hire somebody who is like you know chronically disabled and stuff i feel like i'm i'm putting my money to good use as well yeah because yeah i mean like she's always looking for work you guys whoever needs a flatter hire her she's like totally top quality her communication's very good and yeah she she works very fast and yeah just give give her work please like she's <laughs> she's she's struggling right now which really sucks like i i hate to see that especially with people who do such good work. She also does her own webcomic that's uh, The Unlucky Ones and The Edge of Nowhere. So, like, read that to people. It's it's good. It's on oh, Webtoon awesome. and also Global Comics, I believe. All right. Well, right there is the Kickstarter in its entirety, guys. Right here is the link once again. Now, after going through that in its entirety, what would you like to say to anyone who might be on the fence about backing? If you had just a few seconds to kind of reach out and say something to them directly. Oh man, uh, if you like down to or down to earth stories about people who are an absolute hot mess express, like definitely <laughs> check out Sacrimony. Like if, if you're one of those people who go through life feeling like you have no idea what the hell you're doing, like you'll relate to the characters, I promise you. No, that is awesome. I appreciate you swinging by breaking down Sacrimony and this was such an awesome time. Before we end things completely though, I always love using uh, this podcast as a nice platform for anyone who might be new to the industry. So for anyone who might be out there who is picking up a pencil for the first time or trying to write a script or anything in between, and they're having trouble just getting started. What advice would you offer them to help them get motivated just to just to get going, you know, just to start it? Well, I'll, I'll give them the advice that I gave to myself, I guess, which is like, there's no one set way to do anything like you don't have to have a perfect script. You don't have to have like a perfect anything or whatever people tell you. Like 
find the method that works for you. Spend a lot of time with yourself figuring it out. And things will come a lot easier than trying to do things the way that people tell you to do. That is awesome. I think that is some really sound advice as well. Thank you so much for swinging by. This has been such an awesome chat. Uh, J. Michael Miller, how many issues are planned for the series? So you got a rough estimate on uh, how many issues you're looking at? Yeah, I, I always say like between 50 to 70. It, it may be more, may, maybe even more. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out when we get there. Yeah, let's but. go. That's a healthy amount, too. So you have a lot of world building yet to be done, too, it seems like. Yeah. And also, it I dive into like backstories a lot. So as the series goes on, you'll see like flashbacks of the characters' lives before like the story began and like how that shapes who they are. And there's there's a lot of stuff there. And the funny thing is the things that I can't fit into the story, I'll eventually do as like some sort of spinoff on the side mm -hmm. just to get that info out there because there's there's a lot to get into. That's, that's awesome. Matta, thank you for swinging by. This has been an awesome chat. Yeah. Everyone watching, it is new comic book day. Uh, you know what to do. Here's the link. Check it out. If you can't back it, simply just sharing it on Facebook and Twitter helps get that out. And it's 100% free to do. Thank you all for swinging by. I hope you all have an awesome Wednesday. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.